Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Reverend Harrison Mungai. Reverend Harrison is the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. Welcome to Christian Living on Fridays. Uh, it is wonderful to be able to uh, connect once again, like we do every Friday morning. This month of August, I'm going to talk about um, certain aspects of Christian faith that are both theological and cultural. And to begin with today, we're going to talk about testimony. When I say testimony, many things come to mind. I'm sure uh, for many, it would be what we are used to meeting up with someone or even just meeting someone on the street and then shaking their hand and immediately you sit down and everybody tells a little story about themselves and how they came to faith. And we call that testimony. I'm going to talk about that um, today. And part of the reason of wanting to talk about that is because um, in a time like this, when as a church family, we are focusing a lot more on making you know, sure other people hear and know about Jesus one of the primary ways in which we can do that is by actually sharing our own personal testimony. That is, meeting up with people and telling them how we became Christians and how we are continually walking on that path of faith. And I think that's really important and that's really, really good. And it's something that I really would love to see more and more of us actually actively involved in. But at the same time, it's also good to look back and ask is there really a, a biblical basis and a, a solid theological foundation for testimonies? Um, are they really what every believer should be doing? And if you're there, you're listening to this podcast, you might be asking, should I be sharing my testimony? And I would say that's actually a very valid question. I think if you're a believer, you've obviously heard the words of Revelation 12, verse 11, quoted to you, you know, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony as a case, you know, building a case why testimonies are therefore very, very important. The way to overcome, because the apostles or the disciples uh, overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Obviously, then you want to be like the disciples. You want to overcome uh, the forces of this world by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb, certainly. Or if not that one, then you've obviously heard 1 John uh, 5.10 quoted that whoever has the Son has a testimony. That might have been said to you in high school as a way of sort of Say, you know, trying to get you, get up from your seat, go go up to the front and, and share your personal testimony. If you really have Jesus inside of you, then clearly you ought to have a testimony. You ought to have a few words uh, to say about um, Jesus. I think there is a lot of truth um, into those and there is a lot of, you know, very good intentions um, by those who might have been pressurizing you to share your testimony. And in fact, um, even quoting Revelation 12, 11 is not necessarily a, um, an abuse of scripture. It might be an over-reading of it, but it's not necessarily out of place uh, to want to 
uh, to copy the example of those who've gone ahead of us, uh, as described in John's, uh, in John the, the Revelator in 12, 11. But I think it then became a cultural thing. And perhaps maybe over the last uh, 100 or 120 years since the um, evangelical movement particularly became quite quite strong in, in, in this continent, um, it became a cultural thing uh, so that uh, when two believers meet, then it's about, it became a greeting. It became, this is a way you know um, another person is also a believer. And there is a culture to it, culture to it because that's how we greet one another. Um, and, you know, that would then, you know, lead on to how are you? And, it's, you know, you would carry on to talk about how you are well. And, uh, you know, Jesus is Lord over your life. You've continued to walk in the gospel. And, you know, in, 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 in my own background, it, it went on to quite a bit of detail and description of how you're walking with the Lord and um, and how you have seen him to be very faithful and very good and how you really want to live for him and you have really seen there is no other way uh, except the, work, the way of Jesus. Such can be very well-meaning and perhaps even deep expressions of true biblical spirituality. But as we know, like all things, they can very easily be robbed of meaning and it can just become a little chant that you say to everybody. And oftentimes people can't even wait to get over this uh, little story of yourself that you tell. Uh, and then they can also tell you theirs. And then you can really get down to business of why you really met. Now, please get me right. I think there is a lot of value in this. And I guess also the East Africa Revival Movement really enhanced that in the 70s, 80s, and part of 90s to sort of, you know, really know how do you know a believer uh, is because they have a testimony, they have a, um, you know, a, a clear story of themselves. And much of it actually might have come from very deep-seated convictions and um, brethren who are really walking with the Lord and who are delighting in Scripture. And it's obviously coming out in their words because out of the abundance of the heart, um, you know, we, we learn the mouth speaks. And so because there is an abundance of the gospel, in the heart, there is an abundance of scripture uh, and, you know, joy and delight in the, in the Lord. That's obviously then coming out in the words that the people are speaking. But having said that, allow me to say then, um, there is a sense in which we, in the 21st century, cannot testify like first century believers. Because in the strict meaning of the word testify, it's to witness. Ni kushuhudia, which is interesting. It's the same word we use in Swahili, kushuhudia. And kushuhudia ni kuweko wakati jabu linatokea. Ama kwa natukio fulani, uko pale, na umeona kwa macho yako, ama umesikia kwa masikio yako ya mwenyewe, Na kwa hivyo wewe ni shahidi. Hata unaweza simama katika um, pale kotini. Na unaweza sema kwa kweli niliona uh, yu accident kitendeka. Au niliona uh, yule mtu akimwambia yule mwingine manuna fulani. Because you were there. That's, that's whole essence of 
testimony. So when John says that, you know, we give you this testimony and our testimony is true, is because John, the writer of the Gospels, would have been a first-hand witness. So there's a sense in which he can testify. You know, when Peter gives us that, um, those amazing words that, uh, you know, we were right there with him on that mountain of transfiguration, you know, we saw you know, the glory of the Lord coming upon him and we heard the voice, you know, talking about him being the son of God. That is a testimony. That's a witness, you know, because they were there. They saw. So there is a sense in which then we, uh, who are living in the 21st century, are in a sense not quite witnesses in the same way as those uh, who witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ walking on the earth and indeed dying on the cross and being raised from the dead and in fact ascending to heaven, you know. And, and you see, there is, there is a sense in which we are not us. We didn't quite... Um, we didn't quite witness that, but we are sort of, we have been redeemed and we have then sort of been made secondary witnesses and we have believed the witnesses that is actually true uh, as preserved to us, in the, for us in the pages of scripture, that very witness of the first uh, believers. So when, they, when John tells us that our witness or our testimony is true, we believe that. So, when we then call our sort of sharing with others a testimony, there's a sense in which we might actually be um, losing the mark there a little bit. Again, when we make it cultural, um, there could also be a sense in which it could serve a good purpose of, um, you know, clearly identifying who are the people of the way, who are the followers of Jesus, and who are not. But it could also serve another purpose of... Um, actually putting people off. And it could also be reduced to just a cultural greeting. As you know, greetings tend to be pretty mindless, actually. They tend to be one of those automated responses. How are you? Oftentimes, you know, someone will say, you know, I'm okay. Um, how do you do that, you know, English greeting? And actually the answer is the same. How do you do? Because you're not really expected to get into the detail of, you know, really talking about all the details of what's going on in your life at the moment. It's just, how do you do? How do you do? You know, good afternoon. Good, you know, good afternoon to you. That's all, really. It's a greeting and it tends to be, it tends to be mindless. And when we then reduce our testimony to be you know, just a casual greeting or even make it into just being like a greeting, then we rob it of its power or the power of our witness. Some will say that actually um, the idea of you know greeting one another in Christian terms is not new. People would have said this from very early on. People would have met even in the days of the emperor, uh, particularly the Roman emperors, and they would have said, you know, you know, Caesar is Lord or Caesar is still on the throne. Something to that effect. There is such a history that alludes to the fact that then Christians picked the king from there. And because their king and emperor was the Lord Jesus Christ, then they began greeting one another by saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And to which, of course, 
Um, many people thought this is a new show. These are different kind of people. They're not worshiping the emperor. And people in those days used to worship the emperor. Some of the Roman emperors demanded uh, to be worshipped. Uh, and so Christians, you know, were standing out very differently. And I want to say that, you know, there could have been a cultural reason uh, for that kind of greeting at the time. But that might have changed a little bit with the times and might, you know, somehow not um, be the same reason why Christians ought to sort of uh, make their greeting uh, to, to be a, a reduced version of their testimonies. So having then uh, dealt with those you know, sort of foundational and background issues, then let's go back to the original question. You know, should I testify or how should I testify if I, sh if I ought to? Well, I think even though we are not the primary witnesses, the fact that we have changed lives is an important um, witness itself to the gospel, to the transforming power of the gospel. The fact that, you know, our, our destiny, in the sense that we were destined to judgment, but that has now been changed by the fact that Jesus has come into our lives and now we have uh, hope for eternal life and we have a seat at the table with the Father, that is a change of destiny. That's, that's a significant shift of direction and we can bear witness about that. Or even the fact that maybe the Lord has um, called us out from darkness into his marvelous light, you know, called us from the darkness of this world uh, from the dirt and, and the lawlessness and the disobedience that, you know, ran in the, you know, deep in the sands of this world. And now he has brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. I think that's reason to give thanks to God. And it's also reason for us to share with other people. However, the time and occasion and even the how of doing that matters significantly. I think it would be right to affirm those words in 1 John 5:10 that you know whoever has a son that is whoever the son of uh, God dwells in surely is a witness has a testimony has a story a conversion story changed lives oftentimes that that's a great witness and it's a it's an important thing we mustn't be casual about it we can't reduce it just to a greeting it is such important that we want uh, to use uh, every opportunity to communicate it clearly and indeed to use it for the glory of God. So yes, I answer in the affirmative that you should share your testimony, but not as one who is blind to what a testimony really is. I think when we share personal testimony, we are talking of what God has done. We want God to be glorified. We don't want to place ourselves on a pedestal. We don't want people to think highly of us. But actually, we want people to think highly of the Savior and the preciousness of the gospel. That's what we want people to hear. And so then you might ask me as we come closer to the end of this um, uh, podcast today, how might then my testimony look like in light of this? Well, I think it ought to point to Jesus. Um, you know, it needs to, you know, talk of what the Lord has done, 
and even what he has promised to do is the way in which he ought to be very much cross-centered. There are stories or there are testimonies that you can listen to and you feel, wow, this person is really glorifying themselves. This person is really talking about maybe how nasty they were and how big they made this decision or how strong-willed they are that they were able to, you know, in one day quit alcohol or in one day they gave up smoking, in one day they, you know, gave up all their girlfriends or all their boyfriends and, you know, the next day, then they are preaching the gospel um, in, in, in the communities or in the streets and, uh, and in townships. It's a way in which you listen to such a story and if you, I think this one is glorifying the individual rather than the Lord who is their savior. So it ought to point to Jesus, ought to be gospel saturated. It should be looking, you know, um, away from us. Yes, it has a lot to do with us and our own lives but a lot more to what Jesus has done. Secondly, I think it ought to be loving rather than uh, judgmental. There's a sense in which sometimes testimonies have been used to judge others, or sometimes thrown in as a wager in a conversation to try and tease out a response or a similar response from the other person, you know, trying to judge them. Let's see your testimony. And so I start off by saying, you know, uh, I am Harrison, and you know, this is what the Lord has done for me uh, ever since I became a Christian. And oftentimes the uh, aim of that can be, I also want to hear your testimony. And so that's why I'm sharing mine, just because I want maybe to know where you stand. The sense in which that can just be judgmental of others, and indeed, abusing the power and the purpose of testimony. Thirdly, I think testimonies ought to be intentional rather than mindless. By intentional, I mean it ought to be shared with a real intention of honoring the Lord, but it, it is not a greeting. You know, when we reduce it to a culture, you know, or to sort of like a Christian subculture when we meet, you know, then I have to share my testimony. And even when we meet again tomorrow, share the testimony. And again, the following day, it becomes a little bit boring, actually. But it also feels like, you know, you are on auto cue. It's like you have this tape inside of you. And every time you meet someone, you press, press play. And, uh, you know, off you go, telling your little story. And it goes on and on. It ought to be intentional. It ought to be structured in a way that uh, it speaks to uh, the person that is uh, in front of you and it honors the Lord uh, who has saved you. Finally, I think it ought to be sensitive. Uh, it ought to be the sen sensitive to the other person um, that um, you, you're not trying to put them down, you're not trying to pin them down, but you're sensitive to their time, you know, and even the place that you are at, or even the pace. It's not, it's not something that you force down on people. Sometimes you might want to meet up with someone and say, hey, can I tell you a story of how I became a Christian? You ought to ask someone, can I tell you uh, what Jesus has done for me? Instead of just coming down on them quite heavily, uh, immediately you have met them and you're beginning to tell your story. They might not actually be interested. 
you ought to be sensitive to the, the time, the location, the space, and even the permission, really, whether the person is interested in hearing your story of conversion. So yes, by all means, do share your testimony. Do tell what the Lord has done. Uh, but do remember that you are not a first-hand witness to the resurrection like the apostles were. But do remember that uh, the Lord has saved you and you can tell others. The many people that Jesus encountered, they went about saying what the Lord has done. They couldn't help but speak uh, of the things that they had actually seen and heard. Uh, and so if the Lord has done great things for you, please, during this mission month of August, tell others, but tell them sensitively, lovingly, intentionally, so that Christ Jesus is honored. Heavenly Father, please help us to tell others the good news of your salvation carefully and sensitively, intentionally, and indeed lovingly, so that they hear and indeed are warned of the judgment to come. And give you thanks for every one of us who've been listening to this. And we pray your blessing on us, even as we testify of your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website, gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again for a new episode. Goodbye.